Darren, I've been allowing myself to snuggle in your SoundCloud recently and I was impressed by the versatility on display there. I went from blues through to Telemann through to contemporary funkiness. But it would seem that apart from that versatility, what really defines you is your commitment to the contemporary scene. Thanks, John. We have, well, gosh, I have, haven't looked at SoundCloud for a while. I'm not sure what's up there. Um, yeah, I've always been interested in new music since I was about 14 or 15 in Belfast and I had the opportunity to work with composers from there. Oh, that's so beautiful, isn't it? That collaboration with the composer. You must really be drawn to that. I mean, it's wonderful. I have uh, in my music shelf here a massive amount of scores of not just pieces written for us, but also little notes and scores from working with living composers, you know, and uh, I often joke with them that, you know, ah, yes, after they're dead and gone, I'm going to be making a fortune out of, you know, coaching this and when I'm in my 80s and be able to quote what Philip Glass or Arvo Pert or Gerald Barry said in their composition. But joking aside, I really, it's important to me to find these and keep a note of these nuggets of um, information of what they're saying, because... You know, the way a composer looks at a piece is very, very different to both the listener and to a musician, to a performer. Absolutely. And it was that dialogue and that possibility for collaboration that informed your choice when you thought, OK, I've got this sabbatical now available to me, thanks to the Vinzi Scholarship. What shall I do with it? Tell us about what you eventually chose to do. Yeah, I mean, the Finzi uh, scholarship was a brilliant opportunity. Um, I'm eternally grateful to them because, uh, of course, we've had an impulse sabbatical in 2020 in the music world through the pandemic. But this was a chosen sabbatical back last year. Much the best kind. <laughs> much, much better. Yeah, much better for the mental state anyway. And um, I've always been interested in music, particularly for violin and electronics, more the digital end of things. Why is that? I think it goes back to, there was a, there's an organisation in Belfast, a part of Queen's University called SARC, Sonic Arts Research Centre. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like an Irish ear cam, I would say. And I was friendly with the people in charge of that, particularly a composer called Michael Alcorn many years ago. And uh, Michael wrote a piece for me called Crossing the Threshold for Violin and Max MSP way back in 2001. And, you know, it was in the days when the idea of doing live processing to an already written out violin part live on stage was just a wild idea. You know, computers weren't quite as fast as they are now. We had often, I do remember issues either live on Radio 3 or in, in certain concert halls in Europe where things might crash. But it was all part mm. of the kind of you know, exciting um, live creativity of, you know, the computer reacting to you and uh, manipulating your sound and, yeah, in turn, you reacting to that those sounds that were being thrown back at you. Let's go back a year then to your sabbatical and you were in various different corners of the States uh, I'd love to just focus on two pieces in, in particular, if I may. I'm going to start 
with Zach Browning, whom you found in Chicago. Tell us more about his style of composition. So Zach is a rock and roll composer. I mean, he's really influenced by the blues, James Brown, he, from down in Atlanta, and that kind of real soul culture and soul, yeah, soul electronic music, if you can call that his type of music. And it's very cool, his writing. I mean, it's uh, yeah, a juggernaut, um, a hip juggernaut, I would say. And I just find it really energised. Um, so yeah, it was like a dream come true getting to work with Zach, um, courtesy of the scholarship from the Finzi Trust, and spend time together talking to him about his influences and really what way did he want it to sound. And it was a great collaboration. It was, uh, I mean, one of the most intense but fun recording sessions I ever remember. You can hear it. It, it is very buzzy and very busy as well um, and I think it's, it's really worth listening to on headphones to get the full binaural effect of sort of the sound whip pans from left to right and just endlessly inventive and surprising I'd say. Yeah I think he describes it as uh, for violin and computer generated tape but I think the tape part in itself is like a piece in its own which is so cool and so as you say buzzy. Um, I remember in the recording session Zach uh, was hilarious. He kept saying, my gosh, you just each take, you get better and better. Most people give the best on the first take. But I was, uh, <laughs> I think he was surprised that um, I was trying, I was moving into better places each more, the more time we did it. But, you know, the violin part is incredibly virtuosic, but I really wanted it to be as accurate, as close as what I could give to it as what he wrote. So that's why it took... Yeah, I think seven hours in the studio, but it was worth it in the end. Absolutely. It's really, really exciting playing. And um, I'll admit to you, Dara, that I'm a simple man. So when I see electronics, I generally go to the stereotype of a Blade Runner underscore and that kind of dystopian sound. And so it came as a really lovely surprise and a heartwarming surprise to listen to another piece that you made during the scholarship with Donahue Dennehy. It really sort of follows certain uh, acoustic principles, but amplifies them. Uh, to my mind, I was listening to sort of three violins at once. It had that sort of ambient effect. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's very pertinent what you say. It's uh, hypnotic, this piece by Donache, um, overstrung. Um, the tape part is lots of layers of violin material that he recorded. It seems that Donica is very interested in the harmonic series as a kind of nearly subliminal background material that is there nearly subconsciously, acoustically for you to be resonating with as the listener. The tension of the microtonality in those natural mm. harmonic series is what makes the piece have its kind of you know, I would say nearly a very nice curtain. So what's really stayed with you now uh, a year on from this scholarship? Uh, have any of those techniques actually stayed within your repertoire? For starters, it's wonderful had that time um, both to prepare the pieces, to have dialogue with the composers, to get that kind of blueprint of them 
yes, this is the way we wanted to sound and you've done it and have the recordings. But then also I'm planning to eventually release them as part of a larger album. That wasn't the initial idea. The initial idea was just to work with them, but the recordings went so well that I now have them to use, but I haven't shared them yet publicly. Of course, you can hear some of them on this podcast, but they've only been, they're still in my private collection at the minute. As we approach uh, at this time of recording our second national lockdown here in England, at least, are you a glass half full or a glass half empty person? You know, it's not that I'm ignoring lockdown. Of course, you know, this is incredibly important for us to go with the rules and, you know, to be very careful. But I'm absolutely for keeping music going on any level and any experience that we can create with it and also to make it relevant. Um, not just something that is for me, is, you know, for everybody out there. So I did have a concert recently, a live concert. It was an amazing uh, event after six, seven months of nothing, of playing Bach Double Violin Concerto in Leeds Town Hall, which I directed the other week. And I spoke to the audience Beautiful. just about, you know, that to thank them, not only for coming and supporting us, but for really reminding them how integral they are to us as musicians, not just to perform too but literally their ears are part of what makes the music alive and you know we need to get that message out there and then talk about how much it can be a healing and the spiritual process as well but you know i'm definitely more than half full i'm 100 percent full cheers to that indeed dara thank you so much thanks john (laughs) 